This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the TV Podcast. Joining me today is BJ and Scott, and we have a couple of different discussions to talk about. Um, first up, um, for those of you who uh, stayed out of the theaters to see The Batman, now you have the opportunity because The Batman is not only available on HBO Max to stream if you are the HBO Max subscriber, it's also available for purchase uh, digitally. Um, it'll be available in physical form, uh, I believe, in the middle of May. Um, we'll have more information on the website for you guys to take a look at for that. We have a couple of topics that deal with DC films and then DC entertainment as a whole. Um, without giving too much away about every single uh, topic we're going to discuss here, um, we're going to dive into the first one, which is actually a topic I'm pretty sure it's come up at least one or two times in a previous episode. But back on March 11th, uh, shortly after the Batman released in theaters, there was a report, and this is not a report, this is confirmed. Warner Brothers announced that they are uh, going to be delaying the remainder of the DC films for 2022. Um, they're pushing back some of them, they're readjusting certain ones. And at the time, I think the reason this came up in conversation was uh, we were talking about how successful the Batman was in theaters. It had a great opening weekend, um, nothing to scoff at in, by any means, but here we are. We're well past a month in, and it just crossed $750 million worldwide, which, again, is great numbers. There's nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to that, but it's certainly not a billion dollars. And I'll be honest, it's unlikely it's going to hit a billion dollars with it heading over to HBO Max today, as well as uh, you know streaming or uh, digital platforms for purchase. So while it would be great for the film to do that, in some ways, I think this was brought on by the fact that the film didn't do as well as they maybe hoped. And this probably was the film that in Warner Brothers eyes was the one to be the most successful. So that could be why this happened, but we'll dive into that a little bit more. But basically the gist is originally DC league of super pets was supposed to release in uh, May followed by in July, black Adam. And then the flash was supposed to come out in November uh, we know that the Batgirl film, which wasn't a theatrical release, not technically part of this announcement, was originally planned for some time after the Flash releasing. And then we had Shazam as the only, or no, I should I take that back. Aquaman was planned for around Christmas time in 2022. And then we had 
um, the Shazam film at some point in 2023. I think the original date was June of 2023. And outside of that, we haven't heard anything about any other DC films. So the first thing to talk about before we get into these these uh, date changes is the one giant red flag that I had was going back to the Super Bowl. There was that uh, trailer or teaser. Eh, it's not even a teaser. It's more of a commercial. And it wasn't really a trailer either. But there was that little like uh, TV spot that DC released and Warner Brothers released where it was like 2022, the year of superheroes or Year of Heroes, and they were listing off all these new films that were coming out in 2022, and I kept thinking, you know, I know that the Batman was originally planned for a release in 2021, I know that, you know, there was only going to be three films this year, but then, obviously, DC's League of Super Pets is an animated film that was not part of these main live-action films, but there was a lot of films that were going to be coming out, there was going to be, you know, five films that were going to release just this year, um, that were DC related, but then also a Batgirl film, uh, supposedly coming this year as well. That's a lot of films in one year. And the thing that I immediately had a problem with was, well, what's going on in 2023? The only other projects that have really seen any sort of movement, we had the Shazam film. We knew that was already being filmed. Um, that was coming in 2023. There was the Blue Beetle film that was originally announced the same time the Batgirl film was announced, but that originally was an HBO Max uh, exclusive film. Uh, Now there's reports that that film might be actually heading to theaters and not just being on HBO Max. But that's it. That's the only two films we had. There's no, you know, there's obviously other films that have been confirmed to a degree. Like we all know that there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. We all know that. There's likely to be a Shazam 3 or at least a Black Adam sequel given the the setup of Black Adam and and Shazam eventually meeting up in the films. Um, But there really is not anything outside of that. Um, Any other of the other previous films that have previously been announced, Cyborg, Green Lantern, Core, any of those films, none of that stuff has any movement whatsoever. Now, that's not to say there isn't other projects that have been you know, talked about, but nothing that immediately is like, oh, yes, this has a release date in 2023. So what did you guys think about the fact that they originally planned on cramming so many films into 2022, but then kind of left themselves in a position where 2023 was going to be kind of a, you get the giant high of a a ton of films, and then you get half as many or less than half as many the following year? I just kind of assumed that you know, they were just going to announce more things as the year went on and that we'd hear more about that later. I guess I wasn't really concerned about it initially. You know, I mean, it did like at first I was like, oh, that's a lot of movies coming out this year. But like, you know, as you noted, like some of them were um, HBO Max, you know, exclusive uh, films, you know, or at least one of them was. And, you know, some of the other ones were delayed from previous ones i know like the flash movie like this isn't like the first time it's been delayed you know it's that's kind of a par for the course for that one but um yeah i guess i just out of sight out of mind i was just kind of like okay i'll roll with it they opened themselves up to criticism to release that little scissor reel before their biggest movie and then all of a sudden plans and they can they earn like some spite from fans which i totally get i mean they get everybody excited and then they switch plans. And I think they're still, 
Um, I heard on like they're still showing that little sizzle reel before the Batman even as far as a couple days ago. So it's just like, what do we like? Do they know what they're doing? Like, I don't know. I know like compared to they're never going to be they're never going to catch Marvel. But it's just they open themselves up to these criticism and critiques and they can turn really turn off fans with stuff like this. Yeah, and that's my biggest concern. We're going to get back into um, <laughs> this. All ties together. Trust me when I say that. This all ties to all of our topics together. Have to do with a very similar uh, overall thing. But looking at the actual other projects that have been announced as in development, there's the Blue Beetle film. There is supposedly a Black Canary film. I don't. That was never. There was never any date that was that was talked about. That was just something that I. I remember seeing that was talked about as a potential HBO Max exclusive using uh, the Black Canary from the uh, Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey series. There's the Static Shock. That was another one. Green Lantern Corps, which I, I don't see that actually happening because I thought the whole thing was that they were making a Green Lantern TV series for HBO Max. So I don't know why they would be putting out a film at the same time. Um, there was rumors that the Supergirl that's appearing in... The Flash film would be getting a spinoff, but nothing has been explicitly stated. So uh, Zatanna, uh, another Superman film, an Hour Man film. These are all characters that I believe, well, not Zatanna. Zatanna was another another character that uh, they were just playing around with the idea, but nothing ever came up with as far as casting or anything like that. Another Superman film and the... Uh, Our Man film, I believe the Our Man film is spinning out of, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's spinning out of uh, Black Adam, but again, nothing firmly, it's just rumors of, you know, things. Another Superman film with Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams producing, that's been rumored for quite some time since Bad Robot uh, had a new partnership created with Warner Brothers. The third Wonder Woman film, the untitled Joker sequel, and then the long in development Blackhawks uh, film with Steven Spielberg part of it. But there's some of these films are not even intended to be part of like an overall story or anything like that. And when you look at that, there's there's nothing. The latest film they have at this point is the Blue Beetle film. Um, that's the only one that we know has there's been casting on there's been movement on that obviously there's some of the characters in some of these other films that have already been cast there's already there's already directors attached to it but nothing that has been said oh yes this is currently being filmed the last film out of all of these that was in production was Batgirl and I think Blue Beetle is still in production right now but that's it there's there's nothing else going on so what ended up happening was they ended up shifting everything around. DC League of Super Pets uh, was originally in May. That got pushed to July, where Black Adam's original date was. Black Adam got shifted to October. Uh, Shazam ended up being pushed to December instead of where it was previous in 2023. So it got moved up. Uh, the Aquaman film, which was in December of 2022, got moved to March of 2023. And now the Flash the Flash film has been moved from November of 2022 all the way to June of 2023. So at least with this group of films, that takes us, well, pretty much to the exact same spot that Blue Beetle would have taken us to where there's nothing else coming out after. And part of me has to wonder if this has to do with the fact that 
you could chalk it up to COVID. You really could. You could say that COVID is the reason why things weren't moving along as quickly because they were cons- they, they already had a slate of films that they were planning. These are all films that were already previously planned. COVID threw a wrench and they didn't want to do anything. But the other giant looming thing that you could consider is the fact that there was a giant merger happening with Discovery buying Warner Brothers and them merging together as a new company outside of the realm of AT&T. And I think that has more to do with it than COVID itself is when you get new corporate and I, I they're not really corporate parents because they're all part of the same company now. But when you get away from another entity and you go into a new entity, there's always going to be changes. I mean, we saw changes on the DC publishing side of things with huge shakeups with the staff at DC Comics over the past four or five years since uh, AT&T took ownership of, of Warner Brothers and DC. Um, we've seen that. We've seen giant shifts when it comes to the movies produced there was a clear direction that they were headed the and then not so much about the corporate side of things but there was a clear decide decision to go a different direction based off of the 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 success or their lack of success of some of the previous films so to me I'm okay with them shifting films around, mostly because I did think there was a little bit too many. The problem is that the the way they ended up shifting things around, it's going to end up throwing a hiccup in a lot of different things. I've already seen comments online from um, David Sandberg, the director of the Shazam film uh, and the sequel as well, that the costumes in the second film are going to be slightly different than they were in the first film. And his explanation was going to easily just be, oh, well, it comes after Flash, and Flash is going to make things slightly different afterwards. So that makes sense, and it works. Um, Batgirl, also going to, you know, change some things around to make things... I don't know how that film is going to work. I can't even imagine how that film is even going to release prior to the Flash film, given what happens with Michael Keaton's Batman involved in the Flash film. So you can pretty much expect the Batgirl film to be also delayed to 2023, even though nothing has come out on that. It's just, it's interesting because moving the Flash to after all of these films, I don't think it's going to affect Aquaman. Aquaman is doing its own thing, and I don't think it's going to matter. But it does throw a wrench for Batgirl and that minor one for Shazam, as David Sandberg said about the costumes. But I'm more curious to know, by having the Flash where it is, what does that do for the future of the films? Because obviously we all know that there's going to be something happening with multiple different versions of universes taking place in the Flash just from the very short teaser that we've seen and Michael Keaton being playing Batman and we also know Ben Affleck's involved in the film as well but what do you think that does for the future of DC films do you think we're going to go through a drought of like well we're just going to be they're going to be planning things out they're going to be a little bit better about what they're doing or do you think that the Flash just they end up adjusting it in a way where it kind of just ends and it won't make a whole lot of sense. I I think it won't have that much of a big impact. I think like you know, it's it's kind of the end of like Batfleck and all that, but 
you know, my guess is it's going to make some changes and they'll probably like, they're looking at it maybe like the way that like Marvel occasionally releases films that take place like before other films, but they release them later, you know, because they're like just, you know, origin stories of a certain character or side stories or whatever. And I kind of feel like they're looking at it that way. And it's, it's, you know, it's not pertinent to have beforehand. And I also, you know, you mentioned they moved it to June and if I remember right, historically, um, both of the Keaton Batman movies released in June of their respective years. And so I'm thinking, you know, this is probably going to be like a big Keaton celebration. And they're probably just, they're probably like their main goal is probably looking at the Flash as that vehicle and to like really celebrate, you know, his return as Batman and kind of you know, make as much as they can off of like that audience and that crowd before that movie comes out and, you know, tie it in and be like, Hey, they always release in this month or at least the two that he was in did. Um, and, you know, probably in hindsight, it was probably like a good decision because of everything going on with Ezra Miller offset. So, you know, I kind of feel like those are the two factors. And I just, my gut feeling is there'll be minor changes, but not, enough to like justify any sort of big you know universal upheaval you know i kind of feel like it's what we've been seeing my guess is you know i know is 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 probably what we'll see more of but maybe looser connections in the future i don't know that makes sense how maybe the changes in flash aren't as big as we all are expecting or thinking or theorizing. I could see, I could definitely see, I could definitely see how they're going to maybe make it more of a, uh, a keen homecoming and really the re-release special edition DVDs and Blu-rays and action figures and everything man related. So I could definitely, that does makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. So that leads to another little bit of, uh, this actually just came out this past weekend. Uh, speaking of the Batgirl film and Michael Keaton, there was a new shot, supposed shot, I should say, because we don't know for sure. It originally came from um, Moth Culture. Um, this is a possible leak of Michael Keaton's new bat suit that he uses in The Flash and potentially Batgirl or one or the other or both, or neither. I mean, we don't really know. We'll just we're just going to go with the idea that maybe it's real, and we're going to talk about it for a second. But it is pretty similar to the original bat suit. It has the you know the full neck uh, piece with, attached to the cape and everything. But the main huge difference here that I think a lot of people are talking about is that the utility belt is no longer yellow. It is all black, or very light or very 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 dark gray as lego batman would say um so what do you guys think of the changes with the bat suit so that image kind of looks silly to me like it kind of looks like a, a spirit halloween image to me like just you know and maybe that's just the way they did it maybe the fact that it's a leak they haven't polished it up in a way where it could get an official release so like on the whole it doesn't look good to me you know the belt thing I mean, I like the yellow belt, but I guess it doesn't matter that much. I'm fine with the the black look. I think the thing that I kind of jumped at the most was actually the um, abs in the suit. Um, and it, and I say that because it looks like it's a hybrid of both the 89 suit and the return suit. You know, I've been on here a lot talking about, like, 
you know, these movies and my connection to them a lot. So like, it's probably no surprise that like, I really like zeroed in on that. And, you know, cause the return suit is probably my favorite of the two. And it has, they switched out the weird fake muscles for like the kind of jagged line. Look, I'm doing hand gestures. I don't know why you can't see me, but, um, you know, and so it feels like whoever modeled this design, like wanted to like, honor both and so gave us both the the weird line work and also the kind of the weird muscle tone shape to the abs so it's you know it's i guess it's a nice touch i suppose but i kind of wish they would have picked one and by pick one i mean stick with the returns look (laughs) but that's okay it is a weird marriage of the batman 89 and return suit and a little bit of the forever suit because i think val kimmer had the he had an all black belt in that memory so it is kind of a weird three i don't know i kind of like the yellow belt kind of breaks up the costume a little bit and it is so it is so classic for batman to have the yellow belt and the gauntlets are a little he looks like he's got a little more armor a little more tactical than the first movies which makes sense because this is a seven-year-old batman he's going to need uh the michael keaton wasn't exactly um cleaning out uh, warehouses to save Martha, so he's probably got a little more firepower in that in that suit. Yeah, the armor on his gauntlets as well as the... I, I feel like his boots have more armor. It's I feel like the boots were just straight, you know, well, rubber boots back then, but I feel like there's at least the look of armor that matches those gauntlets. Um, I, I don't have a problem with the all-black belt. I kind of like when it's just... It makes more sense when you have the logo that is that yellow logo, um, if for no other reason than the fact that, you know, the the idea that the it's a target for them to shoot at, you know, for criminals to shoot at, so that uh, because that's his most armored section of his body, the belt kind of takes away from that idea. Not that that was ever explained in the films or anything like that, where it would matter, but. The the downfall, like I was, like you guys already said, the classicness of the yellow belt, and kind of like in my mind, even though it's not an armored suit, the animated series bat suit is what I always picture in my mind whenever I'm thinking of a bat suit. I don't really think of a specific version of any of the films because literally every film they change something about the bat suit. It doesn't matter if an actor is going to play the role three times. They change something with the bat suit in every single film. But the classic version in my mind is always the animated series because it's pretty standard throughout the entire time up until they get to the new Batman adventures where it just the the animation style changes but the the entire suit still is pretty much the very similar other than just a little bit different in the color scheme so that's that's in my mind the difference but I don't mind it being an all black belt I don't I don't have a problem with it uh I like I said I associate it as yellow but it's not the end of the world um I will say even though this is a rumored uh, leak and, you know, that there was some something to back this up, which is there were some set photos, very few set photos released with Michael Keaton because there was I just don't imagine in Batgirl he's going to be on 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 set in the Batsuit very much. I honestly, I just don't see it happening. I don't know exactly how the story is going to play out, but if it is a seven year old Batman, I, I just don't see that happening. So. That said, there there's 
I don't I don't want to get into Batgirl too much because the more I think about it as I say stuff, I'm thinking Batman's 70 years old, but Commissioner Gordon's still rocking and has like a 20 year old daughter. How does that work? But <clears throat> whatever. Um, for the Flash to find out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there there was some set photos that released of Michael Keaton or at least somebody in the bat suit as Batman. And it appears, at least in the few photos that there are, that he does not have the yellow belt. So there's that that, that little, lends some validity to the idea that these these shots that were originally released were of an actual screen test and not just somebody photoshopping something. So there's that. Um, now, getting away from the specific movies that are releasing, there was another report that came out. So. Um, I mentioned this earlier about how Warner Brothers and Discovery or Discovery technically bought Warner Brothers and now they're all one giant company. That happened officially on the books a week ago. And when that happened, uh, Discovery's Discovery basically is is taking over a lot of the leadership spots within the larger company. Um, the CEO of Discovery is the new CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery. And they they let some people go. So uh, the Warner Brothers Entertainment CEO and Sarnoff, she was she's gone. Uh, Jason Kalar, who is the Warner Brothers or Warner Media CEO, he's gone. The general manager of HBO Max is gone. Andy Forsell. There's a lot of people within Warner Brothers that are gone. Um, and Discovery is going to be making some changes, but the one the one thing that I've been looking forward to with this merger is the fact that because they come from a media background, not so much a telecom or um, even going back to like Time Warner or AOL Time Warner, there's been a lot of companies in charge of Warner Brothers for the last 20 plus years that have had a lot to do with nothing to do with media. Um, and they, they make a lot of business decisions based off of not necessarily what's best for their properties or what's best for the uh, the legacy of the, the the characters and the licenses that they have, but more about what's best for the bottom line. And that's not to say that Discovery is not going to do that. Discovery is a very they're very they're a very smart company when it ma- comes to making things, but they don't have library of licensed characters that they they have access to at any given time they make a boatload of content they're very smart about making content on a, on a very low amount of money and getting it to in the in in front of a lot of eyeballs um, they're very smart about that um, this will allow them this merger allows them to do a lot more when it comes to you know building out what they're they're capable of doing but I'm interested to see what happens with the future of a lot of the, the the characters and the library that Warner Brothers has and how it's utilized because I think sometimes there are certain aspects within a company that could get completely forgotten. And we've heard rumors for years, ever since AT&T took over, about how AT&T was looking at selling off little parts and little aspects of the company. They were looking at getting rid of Warner Brothers Gaming or Warner Brothers Interactive and basically selling that off as a separate company to have somebody else basically buy. And it didn't happen, thankfully, because I think that would have been a really bad thing to happen for this larger media company that now exists as Warner Brothers Discovery. But they have talked about, there's always been rumors about how, well, maybe AT&T is going to sell off DC Comics 
the publishing side of it and just keep the license rights to be able to make content related to the characters but basically offload the comics company to somebody else and let them do it and or or go the route of licensing the rights to the characters to have other companies be able to make comics about the characters instead of doing it themselves it's all about weird profits and whether or not revenue is high enough and things like that and while that obviously can still happen, there was a report from Variety that came out stating that one of the main objectives that, uh, or supposedly, this is a report, but it has been uh, confirmed by multiple sources from Variety that within the company of Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery, the, the 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 new CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, David Zaslov, has is looking at DC Comics or specifically DC Entertainment, as a very, very important aspect of the future of the company. He's looking at it and comparing it to how Marvel Entertainment is like a silo within the Disney brand and, and is very successful, and he's looking to maximize DC Entertainment in that, in that way. <clears throat> so uh, the report, I'm going to read off little bits and pieces from the entire report. If you're looking for the entire article, you can click the link in the show description. It's, it is there. Um, but it says that uh, the CEO, along with the top leadership, have been toying with the idea of turning DC into its own solidified content vertical. The move would potentially affect DC feature film development in the Warner Brothers Picture Group, streaming series at the Warner Brothers Television, and the creative arm within DC proper, all in an effort to have the disparate elements more closely aligned to in order to maximize the value of the super superhero stable one often seen as punching up against Marvel. Before the merger closed, Aslaw vetted candidates with experience in creating and nurturing blockbuster intellectual property with the goal of potentially finding someone to serve as a creative and strategic czar, similar to what Marvel has with Kevin Feige. One insider suggests that Zaslav was interested in finding a creative group was less interested in finding a creative guru and more eager to hire someone who had the type of business background needed to keep all the different factions at DC, DC working more harmoniously. Insiders say that Zaslav believes that the success of the merger, one that has left the company highly leveraged, will rest in no small part on unlocking the full potential of the DC Comics universe of characters. Discovery believes that several top-shelf characters such as Superman have been left to languish and need to be revitalized. They also believe that projects like Todd Phillips' Joker are a shining example of how second-build characters from the DC library can and should be exploited. But the company believes that DC must do more to grow its approach to comic book fair including bolstering gaming. Uh, they went on to also say, under Walter Hamada, who took over DC Films from John Berg and Jeff Johns in 2018, the unit has achieved more consistency in terms of both critical and commercial reception to the company's movies. He is under contract until the end of 2023 and could play an important role in whatever Zaslav has planned. Mining DC's library of characters could help control spending as Warner Brothers Discovery owns the underlying intellectual property, insiders say. So, basically... The, the the long and short of it is that they're looking at making sure that DC Entertainment is comparable, at least in the business structure side of things, to Marvel Entertainment. I wholeheartedly wish that would happen. Um, I, I, I believe that they were at least on track to make that happen with the formation of DC Entertainment and the focus on that. 
Um, and then the last push that they had was Zack Snyder doing the films. Regardless of the success of those films, they were on the right path of trying to like make a more cohesive movie universe. They even went as far as when Walter Hamada took over, went as far as trying to like figure out ways of connecting the television universes to the existing movies with that small crossover with Ezra Miller and Grant Gustin on The Flash. There, the, you could see that they were attempting to do something. The problem is that there's a lot more going on at the company than just the live action films. And I think that is something that has come into a really very bright focus when it comes to the when it comes to HBO Max. You know, we've got HBO Max out there, and they've had minimal amount of of content that is DC exclusive. Um, they've got Titans. They've got the Harley Quinn animated series which were originally on DC Universe. But the fact that DC Universe even existed in the confines of we're going to be creating a streaming service doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to what they were what they were doing. Um, now it seems like with the Peacemaker series, the upcoming Penguin series with Colin Farrell, they're, 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 they're starting to realize that there's more to making something successful than having a blockbuster film that makes a billion dollars or three quarters of a billion dollars in the case of the Batman. If you want true franchises and true merchandise potential, which is what sells everything or, you know, what makes everything successful, you have to have more connectivity. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of, there's like a lot of like business speak, you know, in the variety report. But I think like at the end of the day, when I like thought about it, like it, it makes sense, you know, what they're looking for. Like they're trying to make something really that, you know, in other, it, to, to kind of reiterate what you're saying, but in other words is, you know, something that's long standing and is a continuous feed, you know, it's, it's people are going to keep coming back to it and you're going to have different aspects. Like obviously the thing that I kind of zeroed in on the second time I read the article was, you know, the clue in on expanding, you know, not only like the movie structure and the TV shows, but gaming, you know, and have all these things kind of oscillate around, you know, DC Comics as a whole and feed into each other and maybe, you know, share audiences or direct people to kind of cross over from one medium to another. You know, who knows at the end of the day, you know, how hard they're going to try at that. But, you know, it, it seems like their head's in the right place. And then the fact that they're looking for someone with a little more business acumen and less of a, creative you know visionary as it were to me that seems like they've learned their lesson with the Zack Snyder thing <laughs> and maybe not put all your eggs in that basket and you know if something tanks in one avenue the whole structure the whole house of cards won't fall apart that variety report read kind of like a um, owner uh, buys like a football team or a basketball team and guarantees a championship in the next five to seven years or something like that where they're kind of talking a big game and they'll hire and they'll hire a new a big splashy name and they want a Kevin Feige or and stuff like that. That's the way I kind of read it where I'm kind of like I'm like at this point with DC they've kind of beaten me down where just make things if it's connected it's connected if like I'll live with it if we make a new Justice League I'll be pleasantly pleasantly surprised but let's maybe focus on just making good content good movies good shows good everything I agree I don't need to have well I say this but 
I would love to them to keep making Batman films. You know, a lot of people when it comes to comics or video games or movies or television series, everybody always complains about how Batman gets all the focus. And there's a reason for that is because Batman's honestly their most successful character that they have. So, of course, they're going to make a ton of content related to that character. But that's not to say that they can't have other characters that are just as popular. I think the thing is, as time progresses, you can see over over the history of like Batman media, there has been plenty of ups and there's been a couple of downs. And I think that there's overall been more ups. If you look back to, let's say, a character like Superman, he had, you know, four films by the time those final two films came out, they weren't as well received. Fans weren't really liking it as much. And that really wasn't something that they were going to keep going with. So then they decided to do something different. Well, the next big thing that happened outside of the comics was in the 90s, they had The Adventures of Lois and Clark, which was a te- television series on primetime on ABC. And it was a big deal. And that was, you know, that was successful to its own little degree, but it was successful enough to keep the character, you know, talked about and things like that for a while. Smallville came along years later, and I don't think they ever really figured out a way to get it out of the television side of things. They had, and, and I mean, you can look at it now, they've got, you know, Superman and Lois, and they had the Supergirl series, and they've had other other things that have happened, but for the most part... They never really got away from that that Superman was not a as big of a character. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that when they tried to revitalize Superman in the 2000s during I, I honestly I would say the height of popularity of like Smallville, the the film that came out Superman Returns didn't do very well. It wasn't well received and that was unfortunate, but it just kind of like smushed it back into the background for a while until Man of Steel came out. And again, that film did was was fine, but it wasn't as well received as it could have been. And then they didn't really do they decided to immediately do another film that had Batman in it that was going to take away from any sort of importance of this other character. It has just been in the last couple of years that we've seen other characters emerge like Aquaman and Wonder Woman and to a degree Flash with the upcoming film where they're focused they're trying to give focus to other characters, but Batman is still there. So while I will always want more Batman films or them expanding the Batman universe of characters in film or television or whatever, I acknowledge that there's a huge library of characters that they that they're not utilizing in, a, in any way shape or form when it comes to media i think there's a lot more dc characters that are more well known than marvel characters i think that marvel's been kind of getting into mining some characters that a lot of general fans have no clue who they are if you look at what marvel's released recently with shang chi uh moon knight uh, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, those are characters that people know who read comics, but probably not have ever heard of if they don't read comics. And I think there's a lot more characters in the DC Universe that people commonly know. I think there's a ton more villains that people commonly know from the DC Universe than from Marvel. Um, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm jaded and I say that because I'm a DC fan, but like I know all of these characters that Marvel is working with and doing things with because I'm inside the comic reader bubble, even if I'm not reading those comics. But I think that generally speaking, there's a lot more media that has existed that has introduced people to some of the DC characters that 
that would that would that could be successful if if given the right you know the right creative team behind it. I, yeah, I guess I would just say you're 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 right on that. I mean, you look at like your earliest superhero films that were like major motion picture releases. They were all DC all the time. Marvel couldn't even get anything out of the ground for the longest time. You know, when they finally got something like into the zeitgeist that like people really gravitated towards that was outside of comics, it was cartoons. You know, in the '90s, and it was primarily Spider-Man and the X-Men, X-Men and there yeah. was like a whole fervor there. You know, and I feel like you know, that really helped them and would feed into things that they're doing now. But, you know, DC, like, it's there. There is a proven history for it. And, you know, some of the oldest characters also exist at DC, you know, in terms of just, like, for how long these things have been going on. Hear them, um, like, reference, uh, like, a secondary character like the Joker. That makes me think that they might be playing it. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, Joker. I think it's very like I don't know, but that makes me think that they are gonna try to do something with Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Maybe she's uh, on HBO Max, or maybe her own movie. I would say so. I mean, I, I I truly believe that Marvel has been doing very like they they did a great job of having their films slowly connect together and lead to something bigger. And there's not to say that's not to say that DC can't do that with doing something with the Justice League in the future. But I think that DC was just moving too quick. And we've talked about this before, but when it comes to the television stuff, Marvel is is slowly releasing more stuff. They started out with focusing on a lot of characters that weren't really getting as much focus or didn't get as much focus as you would as some people would hope in the films, but gave them the ability to do more in the TV series. I'm talking about like WandaVision and um, Falcon Winter Soldier and Hawkeye. These characters clearly existed within the confines of the Marvel films, but weren't as big. You you look at characters within the DC films, typically there's not a lot of other characters. You look at, you know, let's just look at the Batman, for example. We're looking at the Batman and the Riddler, Catwoman, and Batman are the main focus. The only other characters that appear that are like kind of secondary is you've got Penguin as a secondary, you've got Falcone as a secondary, and you've got Gordon as a secondary. And you could argue that they're not, you know, they're even more than secondary because some of them have just as much screen time as some of the other main characters. But those are the characters. And when you look at what could potentially spin out of that film, we already know that there's going to be a Penguin series. There's some other series that may or may not have Jeffrey Wright involved with it because it's dealing with Arkham Asylum or originally was GCPD or whatever it may end up being. You know, that's what they're doing. So you can see that they're they're doing something. I'm not saying they're copying, but it, it looks from the outside in that they're doing something very similar where they're mining these secondary characters. I mean, they just did it with Peacemaker and Suicide Squad. They They did Suicide Squad. They took a secondary character that had a role in the film but was not the one of the main characters and chose to do a, a series on HBO Max and it's like that there's plenty of characters they could do that the difference is Marvel had a lot more characters to choose from after having like whatever it was 15 movies or 10 movies or whatever it was that they released prior to them ever making any sort of series they had a lot more characters to mine from and now they can go and create series 
that have nothing to do with any of the characters that have previously been in films and have them become either bigger characters or just stay on the small screen. So with that, uh, I'll just end it with, uh, I hope that DC entertainment has the, has the, is, is at least given the opportunity to become something like Marvel entertainment. I would, I I know it's going to take some time for it to even get close to the level of success that Marvel is right now. Um, but I would hope that with new people in charge within the larger corporate structure of the company, that they realize they, 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 they really do realize how important this group of characters is. This isn't, you know, like I'd love to sit here and say, uh, you know, Looney Tunes synonymous with Warner Brothers are hugely important to the brand, but they're, they're not. They're not as important and they're not as expansive as the characters that we have within the DC universe. And there's a lot more possibilities with that than there is of any other franchise or library of characters that Warner Brothers currently has. So I hope that DC is given the opportunity to become as successful, whether it be getting the right person in charge or whether it be somebody who's already in charge, giving given more reins within the company to, to make it flow a little bit better. I will say, I feel like the gaming thing was mentioned because when you look over at Marvel and, and uh, you look over at Marvel and Disney, they don't do a great job with games. Like they have games and they come out, but Disney licenses out everything that happens with Marvel to other companies, and it's it's a hit or a miss. I mean, obviously, Sony's been doing Spider-Man games, and those have been really successful, but they just recently had an Avengers game. I think it was done by Square Enix, and I don't remember hearing very good things about when it came out. So there's there's not to you know, like that could be an aspect that they could really capitalize on. And they do have two games coming out, but they're not going to be able to release games all the time, top-tier games, as, as frequently as they can with television or, or film. So... Here's to hoping DC Entertainment can get off the ground, and hopefully it can be sooner rather than later so that they can start to put together a plan that ties back to our first topic about these releases for these films, because I feel like ultimately um, fans are the ones who are really hoping for the best, but keep getting let down, and it's time for a change. So, with all that being said... That is going to wrap up this episode of the TBU podcast. Um, Just as a quick heads up, I will be out of town the next two weeks. And because of that, uh, it's very difficult to get the podcast posted when I am out of town, mostly because um, I personally don't edit. We have uh, a gentleman who edits our podcast for us, and he does a great job, but in order to get the files uploaded and in the correct spots and converted and all of that, it makes it extremely difficult when I'm not in front of my actual computer because when I travel, I just take a Chromebook to maintain uh, articles on the site and things like that. So um, no promises, but we're going to, if, if anything does come out in the next two weeks, uh, the only thing that will come out if something does is going to be, uh, we're going to try to maybe put together a commentary for the Batman. Um, but again, no promises on whether or not that actually happens. If not, then we will be back in about three weeks, I think, is ultimately what it is, because I'll be gone for two weeks. So um, we will have plenty of other topics to talk about in the future when it comes to the Batman, because we do want to get back now that the 
the book that uh, The Art of Batman is actually releasing this week. We'll be able to dive into that um, next month. Uh, when we return, we'll be able to, if we don't get it released ahead of time, we'll at least get it released in May, a commentary for The Batman. And we'll have other topics that pop up as usual. So with all that being said, be sure to head over to the website for all kinds of news and original content related to movies, television, merchandise, video games, and everything else within the Bat fandom. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, join our Discord. We're on YouTube. Um, wherever you are looking for us, we probably have something. Uh, all of our social links can be found over on our website, thebatmuniverse.net. That is also where you will find a support page where you can find out how you can support this podcast, either through Patreon or a variety of other ways, including affiliate links. Uh, there is a link to that support page in the episode description of this podcast as well. If you have any ideas or suggestions you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of the TBU podcast, be sure to email us at tbu at thebatmanverse.net with any questions, comments, or concerns, and uh, we will we will use those hopefully in the future coming up. Um, outside of that, uh, thank you so much for listening. For BJ, Scott, and myself, we will see you guys next time. Thank you.